0: Listening to the Inside Fairfield Lacrosse Podcast, hosted by JJ Duke, an
1: all access pass to Fairfield University Lacrosse. And welcome back to another episode of the Inside Fairfield Lacrosse Podcast. Believe it or not, we are already on lucky number episode 13. Yes, I'm one of those guys that believes in true lucky numbers. 13 is one of them. JJ Duke here with you. It's kind of an interesting week. Is for the first time with both the men's and the women's team in action in the 2019 season. We do not have a home game on this weekend that's spanning of a Friday, Saturday, Sunday stage. The last time that that didn't happen the men's team wasn't even in action. That was all the way back in the first full weekend of February. So I don't know what to do myself. I could probably just put up both games on uh on my iPad or phone at home and try to keep in tune as we go along. But it's certainly gonna be a busy week in lacrosse action. The women's team are on the road against Siena this Saturday at the three o'clock start, and the men's team are on the road down in Philly as they take on Drexel and we have head coach Andy Copeland here with us and cope was really kind to remind me about the times when I miss Wawa their outstanding coffee the fact that you can actually get a hot sandwich from basically kind of a gas station cell slash convenience store and for those who have never experienced Wawa before you're really missing out yeah. yeah, Wawa is uh Wawa's a good spot, man. You go get yourself
0: a little half and half and a soft pretzel, maybe a meatball sub and uh it's a good way to uh to get it going. So bus leaves today at one o'clock and we're excited uh we're excited about the opportunity tomorrow.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be good. So, um, Coach, we have had we've not had an episode actually in the last couple of weeks since you guys have had kind of the uh the home stretch, if you will, of home games, three straight, and then you'll finish out the season at home against Hofstra. We'll have an episode before that game. But uh, the team comes into this contest 0-2. But the beautiful thing about this sport, and especially the CAA, is it doesn't matter how you start the first game nor the second game. There's still going to be an opportunity to get yourself into postseason. And if there's an ever, ever an opportunity to kind of restart things, it, it's going to be this weekend against Drexel.
0: Yeah, I think our guys are ready. I mean, I know you, you you just mentioned kind of the 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 women's program, they're off to Siena this weekend. I, I I certainly wish our our conference record kind of paralleled them. Um but but uh unfortunately on our side that's just not the case right now. We uh we uh we did not play our best against uh against Delaware in the opener there and then lost a tough one uh you know to Dawson where where they just totally controlled the flow of the game through their through their their stud at the face off, Alex Woodall. Uh glad that those two are behind us. Um and uh, and we are looking ahead to uh, to, Dr- to Drexel right now. I mean, it's two programs that are 0-2 in conference and both teams in desperate need of a win right now, and it's going to be an absolute battle. But uh, but I'm proud of the guys for the, for the week of practice that they've put together right now, and I think we're ready.
1: Let's talk about this week of practice because obviously I you know it's not easy mentally coming in when you're riding high, coming into CA play. You had a winning record, and then all of a sudden you see yourself down at the bottom of the standings. So Monday morning... How did the group respond after a couple of tough losses at home?
0: Yeah, well we uh, well we had him here on Sunday. We had him here uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yesterday actually was our off day, and uh, and the response was was pretty good. Um, it, I mean, obviously, you know, 0-2 it, lends itself to, to some frustration, but uh, but I also think the guys just kind of you know you, you kind of have to quickly turn the page and just and just identify the things that that went wrong try to get those things fixed here in a hurry uh, and, and then obviously game plan and prep for uh for a tough tough Drexel team that has uh you know they can score they can score they got a couple of Canadians at the offensive end and they got a real deal attack and uh and they got another pretty good faceoff guy that certainly had our number last year so uh, we, we, we got our well, we got our work cut out for us but uh but uh, the response to, 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 to honestly being 0-2 has been, has been uh, that of a mature and hungry group, so I'm, I'm proud of them for that.
1: The thing that I've seen with this team, and they've talked about it, the players i have been on this podcast before, is how tight they've been, and certainly much more together than perhaps maybe in the last couple of years. Games like these certainly test your you know, bounce-back ability, your resolve to any sort of tough situations. Has that group stayed as tight as they've been, even in this you know, trying time right now?
0: Yeah, they 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 have, and I, I give them a lot of credit there. We uh, you know, we only have like a six or seven person senior class right now, so a lot of this uh, uh you know, leadership kind of falls on a small number of guys. But I I I I think those guys have done a really good job, and the underclassmen, um, you know, they're they're not really underclassmen at this stage of the season anymore. I mean, we got a number of games under our belt right now, so you got to ask those guys just to just to grow up quickly and to continue to mature and to and to try to try to compete very well on game day. I mean, it just – it boils down to whatever team plays better in the CAA. You know, you can't really, like, like get gimmicky in this conference. You just need to play, a, you know, a complete 60 minutes and uh – uh
1: and uh, I hope that we can do that on Saturday. You talked about you know, the freshmen starting to get mature as the season goes on. Is there a point that you think, okay, now, you know, whether it is this year, whether it's in years past, is there a time that you see it start to turn? They're not, you know, just the youngsters in the corner that are trying to learn and get acc- acclimated to the game. Has there been a point this season, or is it that just that true evolving process that now they come, you know, to be seasoned veterans even in their first year?
0: Yeah, I I think it's always a little bit of an evolving process, um, but it, it's it's more I think it's more mental than physical. I mean, all these guys know how to play lacrosse. They've been playing lacrosse for for their whole lives. So uh, it's not so much like passing and catching and throwing and picking up ground balls. It's just the it's just the mentality and the attitude and the confidence that that goes with being an elite Division One lacrosse player. Um, and I think. Uh, between James Corsiniti and Patrick Drake and Brian Rita and Tyler Wukta and Brendan Dreyer and Sean Sweeney. I mean, we have a number of freshmen that have made contributions, and, uh, and that's because we got a lot of faith in them. So uh, we, we, we feel good about that
1: class for sure. And certainly going to bode nicely to future incoming classes as well, knowing that if you put in the hard work, even starting now in your junior, senior year of high school, and have the opportunity to maybe get that moment to shine, hey, you know, for those listening at home, This is an opportunity. Whether you're coming here to Fairfield, whether you're going to another school, there's never a time to take off. Just keep grinding, keep going. And, you know, just like the student athletes that you mentioned, there's going to be a chance down the road to shine.
0: Yeah, certainly. Such is life. You just gotta, you know, you kind of gotta, you gotta just keep moving, regardless of of, of uh, you know what happened previously, whether it was good, bad, ugly, indifferent. Just keep keep moving forward. And and, and certainly, uh, you know, part of this program's DNA has been that we've never been afraid to, to to start freshmen or to play freshmen if we think that they're ready and they can help us. And uh, there's been a number of guys that that uh, you know have kind of fallen into that category this year
1: couple of guys I want to talk about in the last few games that have stood out. Um, first, you talk about players that have come in um, and really made their stand, and obviously now as a junior, uh, Dylan Beckwith just continues to do what he has been doing. Uh, he's hit a couple of accolades in the f- uh, first two conference games, not just 100th career point, which is always something that's very special to any, you know, collegiate lacrosse player, and then in the last game against Towson, he joined the 50-50 club, 50 goals, 50 career assists, and that just proves that this is a player that's got some versatility to his game.
0: Yeah, he's, he's really well balanced, and he's a terrific athlete, and highly competitive, and uh, I mean, I think since 1999, I think there's only been three players uh, that have, have surpassed that 50-point mark in a season. Um, and, it, you know, I guess it was Colin Burke, Colin McClendon, and I think Dylan Beckwith right now is at 49 points. So he's kind of on the verge of, of surpassing that. And uh, and I think that in itself right there just, uh, just, just tells you, you know, what the kid's talent level is and uh, you know it's him along with two freshmen there at attack so obviously he shoulders a lot of the burden there and team certainly
1: game plan for him and uh, and he's been able to rise to the occasion despite all those things you talk about the two freshmen in Patrick Drake and Brian Rita Drake uh, he's third in the conference in freshman scoring this year uh, putting up over 20 points this year and Rita is not too far behind as they have grown now with Beckwith in on the attack and knowing that you're going to be returning all three of those guys come next season as well so the course stays there uh, where have they shined over the past couple of weeks uh I, I mean yeah I mean you you mentioned you mentioned that attack returning I think
0: our whole close defense returns too and and and, and goalie face off returns so I mean look that that's the that's the silver lining here is that we we continue to feel like the the, the future is bright but you know the the ultra competitive side of me and my staff and our guys is that we want this thing we want this thing now so you know back to back to the the, the freshman there um I, I just think they've they have they have kind of been steady and dependable and they haven't been like careless and, 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 and reckless with the ball. Uh they haven't really tried to do too much. Both of them are high IQ guys that just kinda of have a have a simple but efficient game and those those characteristics really uh
1: really go a long way with me. And you talk about you know some guys that are disciplined with the ball as well and making right decisions. I've loved personally when watching from you know the broadcast perspective, two defenders, George Elmquist and Jake Timon, they've really come into their own this season have their roles you know kind of pushed a little bit more into the proximity saying that you guys are going to get your chance here and get the job done Elmquist uh, 12 caused turnovers in the last three games timing with multiple ground balls caused turnovers in the last couple of games and again it's kind of fueling that fire of the young core but again these are the two guys how I'm seeing they're they're standing out yeah they're they're I mean you, you 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 mentioned uh Two two guys that are complete
0: studs there. I mean, George is you know he's six four, he's two hundred pounds, he's a lefty, checks hard, has a really good IQ, kind of understands the the flow of the game and just kind of our defensive scheme and systems. And then uh, and then Jake's a young man who uh, who actually is a local product, went to Fairfield Ludlow, transferred actually from Mercyhurst, and uh, uh, i have known Jake for a long time, and he's just uh, he's just. Uh, uh, he, he's, he's rock-solid in terms of just who he is as a human being, and, uh, and he's got a really good stick, he's got a good frame on him, and he, uh, he certainly has made an impact at the Division One level, and he did that in a hurry. And then you also got two other juniors and Andrew Murrow and Brian Cosgrove that have kind of been the uh, the core of our defense. So uh, all four of those guys are studs. All four of those guys are back next year. And, uh, and you know, we feel very
1: confident that we can kind of build uh, build a quality system around those four. You talk about guys that are coming in transferring like a time and comes in from a Division Two club in Mercyhurst. How big of a jump is that, truthfully, from a Division II level? He played at Ludlow. I went to Ludlow as a student myself a long time ago. I know that program has done some really good things in the past here in Connecticut, but certainly there's a gap between the two. So how long did it take him to kind of get into the ebb and flow of Division I play?
0: I think there was probably a little bit of a learning curve there for him. I mean, I think uh, I, I, I'll start just physically. I mean, he looks a lot different right now than when he arrived a couple years ago. He really has leaned out. His his cardio is terrific. Uh, you know, he, he he's a worker, and he just looks – he kind of passes the eyeball test of looking like a Division One athlete right now. So that was probably his biggest adjustment. Um, but he uh, he's handled every step of his his growth and maturation really, really,
1: really well. So we're proud of him. It's good to hear. And now we kind of look forward uh, to the game coming up. But the one thing that I do want to touch on, you talked about Alex Woodall last week uh, for Towson. Obviously, this is a man who has mastered his craft at the dot. But – The beauty of that is there's video. You can start to learn things. You can take away Frankie Labetti, obviously, it wasn't his day that day. But what has he learned in the past couple days in what has been a very hard week of practice that he can put together come this Saturday at Drexel?
0: Yeah, a lot of the face-off stuff is matchup-based. I mean, we, we we certainly rolled Frankie out there first, but we probably rolled five different guys out there, and we just didn't really have a matchup that we felt like, uh, you know, we could beat Woodall with consistently. So, um, you know, tip your cap to him. I mean, I think at the end of the day, that kid, you know, I could see him being a first-team All-American or second-third team. I got to imagine he's a teamer, um, you know. So, uh, you know, I'm glad he's a senior and he's he's kind of creeping up on graduation, but. Um, but moving ahead to Drexel, they got a really good 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 guy there at the X in, in, in their own right. So uh you know, Frankie uh Frankie's just gonna be Frankie and then we feel like we have a lot of other good options there with Will Kirschner and Liam Lynch and Billy McMenamin. and if we have to put a poll up there we can go ahead and do that as well. Uh but uh yeah, that that, that face off uh is gonna be highly, highly, highly important to, to kinda of determining the winner of Saturday's contest.
1: Yeah, as you mentioned, Drexel, they got Jimmy Coitos there hitting it. You know. 52.5% give or take a couple decimal points but it, it, it's a group in Drexel in the past that I've seen the teams obviously haven't seen them this year in person but they've always been a team that kind of emulates not only just the true blood of what the CAA Lacrosse League is but also a similar team that you have out there as well a very scrappy team one that's not afraid from stepping up into a challenge that can slow things down but then pick up the pace at the right times and you guys have played some very entertaining games in the past, especially even last year. It, it wasn't a victory, but it was a 16-14 game with 19 guys scoring goals between both teams, and you don't often see that. But, you know, it's nice to see two teams that are evenly matching never know what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, I I, I I think that's fair. I think uh, I, I think we are similar in that neither of us play a style that is, that is too conservative. You're willing to kind of... Be opportunistic and try to create some early offense and and, uh, and and run a little bit from defense to offense if it's there, um, you know. But then both of us feel very confident in in, in our in our personnel there too to kind of play a little bit of a of a of a slowdown style if you need to kind of late in the fourth. But um, look, it's gonna be it's gonna be like 78 degrees down in Philly tomorrow. I mean, we gotta prepare to to to, to, to play a number of guys. Uh, I. I I think we really have had a very good week of practice so it's going to be it's going to be the team that plays for 60 minutes that doesn't beat themselves uh that kind of controls the face-off x that can can play complementary lacrosse i mean if, if if either team plays too much defense obviously i think that could be a team's kryptonite so you have to go ahead and kind of balance the, the 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 flow of how the game is played and uh and cash in when opportunities strike so that's what this thing is going to come down to you know i got to imagine that uh that uh they have uh you know obviously had a good week in their own right kind of understanding the situation that 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 we're all in right now um but uh but our focus is just on us and making sure that we can play as well as possible
1: you've mentioned weather now a couple of times throughout this podcast so i look outside the window right now it's about 44 degrees give or take kind of damp dreary miserable a little bit of rain in there Sports now has become so much into the science behind things and how players can adjust, how can they, you know, respond to different situations. It's gonna be thirty degrees warmer as you mentioned, probably a little bit of humidity down there as well. So in the you know, the backroom staff, how much has that gone into thinking about okay, how much do we manage the workload in the build up to this, knowing that it's gonna be a lot different in the elements and one that this team actually hasn't played in all year because we haven't had, you know, that weather this year. Yeah, I mean to to be honest with you, I I I
0: I didn't spend Sunday through Wednesday kind of thinking about what the weather was going to be on Saturday. Sure. It really just kind of came to my attention yesterday, to be very frank. So you know, kind of t- today tomorrow morning, we'll make sure that the guys are are hydrating a lot, and, and then probably just in terms of how we how we manage. Um, how we manage our personnel early on in the game we'll probably go ahead and play play more guys and then as the game kind of shrinks down late in the third and the fourth quarter you kind of shrink your bench a little bit but uh but you got to make sure the guys are fresh down the stretch because I got a feeling this could be uh this could be a pretty tight one
1: you also talked about the three main attackers that this group has and it seems like this trio of uh, Reed Bowering, Matthew Varian and Marshall King have been there roughly forever. That's kind of how it seems in college sports but you don't have a, you know guys leaving early. They stay all four years and that's the beauty. You can build that core. So when you look at that group and say okay, how do we match up against them? How does this team kind of keep that trio quiet and force other options to come into play?
0: Yeah, you just, well, you you need to know who they are, certainly. I mean, the the two Canadians they got on the wings, I think, are complete studs, and they've hurt us in the past. So, uh, you know, both coaching staffs are watching film. They're watching kind of how teams tried to defend their opposition, you know, kind of the past few years. we got to go ahead and kind of limit their knowns for sure. I mean, if their attack goes off, that is that is not favorable to, to, to Fairfield here. So, uh, you know, but with that said, they have some middies that concern you a little bit too. So it, it, it's more about just kind of knowing their personnel, playing fast, uh, you know, trying to trying to give up the shots that, that, that we think are savable shots, getting first-time clears, not playing too much defense, um, and, and just, just kind of keeping the focus on, on, on us more so than uh, – uh, you know, exactly what are they trying to do and, or, you know, it can, you can kind of like over coach uh, at, at times and we got to make sure that we don't make that mistake.
1: Well, you talk about keeping the focus on you guys. One of the key focuses will be to be disciplined throughout because it's well known that Drexel has an outstanding man-up offense. They're running at 45%, which is top five in the nation. They lead the nation, goals scored on the man-up, and they also have drawn 51 opportunities, which is the most by far in any team in the nation. So certainly discipline has to be a big key, and I would have to imagine you've talked about that quite a bit in the buildup.
0: Yeah, those those stats we talked about uh, at, at length when we were doing our Drexel intro on uh, on Monday. So uh, certainly not a team that you want to go man down against. Uh, you know, I, I think they have created that number of man ups just because they dodge really hard. And, uh, you know, it's it's not with reckless abandon, but they, they force you to stop them. So you need to be disciplined on ball. You need to be disciplined as the slide guy. You need to be disciplined in your recoveries. And, uh, and if we can do that
1: and keep them out of the man up, um, you know, that certainly is going to be a, a, a key for us. And at the end of the day, as you mentioned, this is going to be one that comes right down to the end. And. It's also important I'd have to presume having that focus for the 60 minutes, know that no matter what the score is and you could judge it actually how by last year's game went where there were a couple of big runs, your team had a few of those big runs as well. so you can never take your mind off thinking that okay five goals down, this one might be not be over. It, it's never over until that final whistle. You just have to keep pushing and pushing and hopefully Fairfield has the last possession with the chance to win the game.
0: Yeah, I uh I mean look you you again hit the nail on the head there last year I think they had two four goal leads that we were able to close. We did that twice. I think we might have actually taken the lead after one, but we just weren't able to go ahead and close it. So I do think that it's two teams that can uh, that can score in spurts and uh, uh yeah, it's just going to it's just going to come down to who 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 can play better for longer.
1: Well, it's certainly going to be a fun one to watch and make sure if you can't get down to Philadelphia to stay tuned as it'll be a 4 p.m. start. You can watch it live on uh, DrexelDragons.tv or if you happen to live in the Philadelphia or the Washington area, it'll be on NBC Sports Philly Plus and NBC Sports Washington Plus. And remember, this is the start of a two-game road trip for the Stags as they'll be on the road next week at UMass and then the regular season will conclude on April the 26th under the lights on Friday. Night against Hofstra. Coach, it's always a pleasure. Likewise, JJ, thanks for the time. That's going to do it for this episode of the Inside Fairfield Lacrosse Podcast. Make sure to stay tuned with us on social media at Fairfield Stags, at Stags Men's Lacs, and at Stags Women's Lacs. So until next time, go Stags.
0: The Inside Fairfield Lacrosse Podcast is a presentation of Fairfield University Athletics. For all information related to Fairfield Lacrosse, log on to fairfieldstags.com.